Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Reverend John Wheeler podcast, because I've realized that if anything fun ever happens, like I have a video go viral or a song, oh God, I just ate an apple way too fast. Those Bill told me that apples are not a thing that are meant to be wolfed down extremely quickly, Um, but I have taken a lot of Kratom today. And one thing that can go wrong with that is it, it can get a little weird in your stomach. You know, you've taken Kratom, right? Not, it's never been a pleasant experience. Okay, it's been good for me sometimes. Uh, the only reason it's been a problem ever is because you have to eat like a, a one pound bag of flour sized thing of disgusting fucking powder mixed into sometimes just water or in the form of like 900 capsules. And it feels good. And I can't, unlike its close cousin, a Percocet, um, you, which they say you shouldn't drink on, but literally if you're ever going to listen to doctors or whoever, they're always like, oh, and don't drink on this unless you're looking to have a good time. Wink, wink. But yeah, Kratom you're not supposed to, but also you can't. It'll make you like sick to your stomach. Me anyway, like horribly. It's like a clockwork orange. I'm like, you know what would be good with this? Maybe a martini. And then I throw up. So that's not, you know, that's not fun. So this is a fake martini. I'm just having my water in a martini glass. There will be times when I'm probably going to be very drunk on this podcast. But now is not one of those times. And I'm not trying to encourage Bill to drink too much and... I am on, uh, I started Zoloft. I was on, I made a, a vlog of Eternal Stench. That was um, that other thing I was doing. No one who sees anything sees anything. This doesn't matter. But I guess that I, I had this big thing where I talked about how I finally got on anti-anxiety medication because it turns out I'm kind of anxious. Like when someone would give me half of a Xanax basically to shut me up, like on the tour bus or something. I would be like, is this what people, is this what it's like? <laughs> like, you just sit there and things are fine? Like, your brain isn't a, a hamster wheel being spun by the ghost of Hitler at a thousand miles an hour? Like, oh, it, yeah, I'm just like, eh, it looks like it's nice out today. That's fine. Um, you're not really supposed to take benzos all the time, so old old Doc Leonard, who's also Bill's doctor, recommended... Uh, uh, anti-anxiety like Cymbalta and I did that for a while and I made a video talking about my mental health and everything and people called me brave which I forgot that people like care who knows stuff about them like it's unusual apparently that I'm just like hey guess what happened today look what I found stuck in my foreskin like I just have never given a shit so it's not like I had to see a psychologist like it's 1950 and you're like, you don't want the other housewives to know that maybe you're a little crazy. Elizabeth, have you lost your mind? Those doctors are for crazy people. Are you crazy? Is that why your husband drinks? Is it because you're taking all those pills that aren't prescribed to you? Back then, they were probably awesome, too, like Benzedrines, or you could just take meth and fucking opiates, and that was, like, that was the over-the-counter stuff. Like, if you wanted LSD or something, you might have to talk to a doctor, but, you know, back when it was actually a, a thing you could get a hold of legally, which no one remembers, everyone's like, isn't it crazy that they could just prescribe ketamine and things now? Like, our friend Meredith is getting uh, ketamine treatments. 
And I'm like, yeah, it is wild that it's like this club drug, but you do realize that that's like acid was like a therapeutic drug when it was invented and it just became illegal because the government is a satanic fucking blood cult just designed to drain money out of everyone as they go. Like you can't give a bunch of soldiers LSD and be like, oh, go shoot at those kids. Like they're just going to laugh at you and be sad and not do it. And you're going to be like, hey, is the entire economy a Ponzi scheme based off of imaginary money that's not real and constant population growth and this is all stupid? It's like, yeah, you don't need everybody running around thinking like that. You won't be able to compete with China if that's how everybody's going to be. So, yeah, I, I like I, it's horrific and it's evil, but I get it because if I was in charge, I would do the same thing. Or I would just put acid in the drinking water and be like, we're just going to see what happens if just the, the gloves just completely come off of the entire country. Maybe we'd be incredibly competitive. Be like, you can't deal with 300 million people just running around on acid. What are you going to do? Sanction them? No, that's not going to do anything. They're going to find a way. They're going to build a time machine or something. Like, you, yeah. So, um... The fuck was I talking about all that for? Oh, right, because, like, uh, hallucinogens. See, this is why I need a producer. And also, I always try to do everything by myself, and I fuck it up. And I need someone to help me fuck it up. I'm, I'm happy to help you with that. Thank Anytime. you, Bill. Uh, that's, uh... You ever need something fucked up? I I have years of experience. Okay, good. I only have one of these CBD cigarettes left right offered to you. Actually, I fucked up when I went to the, uh, the place I got my Kratom at... Uh, they probably sold these and I had such a good time talking to the guy with a the ponytail there that I completely forgot about it. Cause I bought some Kava. I'm going to give that a try again. Um, and the man was very helpful. I bought a thing of liquid Delta eight consumable stuff. Um, it, uh, I like Delta eight and I know that it's a, it's one of those things where it, it works differently for everybody and, and like, um, but of course, no one wants to admit that so does weed. Like if it will, if weed doesn't work for you, you're not doing it right. Shut up. <laughs> like I, I've done it and I've not done it and I've, I've taken edibles of weed. I know that does not work for me. That just makes me insane. Like the tiniest amount, like five milligrams of, of THC, the normal kind, uh, edible completely just ruins my life. Um, smoking it here and again, I'm like good with, but I can't just do it the way people do it where they're like, oh, I don't need Zoloft or alcohol or heroin or cocaine to have a good time. Just weed. I'm like, no, we, I need all of those things mixed together to help me come down <laughs> from the edible I just ate. It's like I need the coke to wake me up, the booze to take the edge off, the heroin to make me forget about it. And I already should probably be on Zoloft and I am. So that works out. But yeah. There's like seven people that weed doesn't work for on Earth. None of them go to stand-up shows. So whenever I'm like, hey, this weed, you know, I make some joke about it. They're like, oh, that's my happy juice. Shut up. But I like Delta 8. It, it, it affects me better. And I could just go down the street and buy it from a store. Uh, but the only thing is, is that edible Delta 8 is still hits me pretty fucking hard. Like my description of it was that for me... A, del a 25 milligram Delta 8 edible feels like a mushroom trip without the introspection and like the time travel. 
You know, like, so I'll look in the mirror and my my face will be rearranging around like Mr. Potato Head, you know, as it will on mushrooms. Like, or the carpet will be doing the carpet fiber worm dance and and all that stuff. But, like, I, the mirror, I won't, like, age into my own grandfather and into a child again and have to think about that. Like, that doesn't happen. It's just the visual part. So it's kind of great, but it's just a lot. It is a lot. And it makes me very needy. I have to hold on to Alexis because it's like it's a little bit of a tilt a whirl ride, especially when you weren't expecting it. That's something where you're like, oh, it's like the legal shitty weed that probably won't do anything. And then it's like you took a sheet of acid and went to Six Flags. And it's (laughs) it's just a fucking it's a lot. Like I accidentally ate uh, one of those lollipops. Um you're supposed to just like lick a bit of them for like pain, but I didn't really realize that, so I just ate the whole thing before I had to fly to Las Vegas. And like literally, like I woke up in the middle of the night with an hour before we had to get up, just with my like my my whole world was on like a reverb and delay. Like I would like touch the couch, and then I'd still be feeling the couch over here, and like it was like. And then we were with Alexis's parents, so I had to be like, just tell them what I did so I don't have to sit there pretending this isn't happening because that makes it a lot worse. Um, But then, you know, when you're just like, oh, no, I'm tripping too hard. Then I had to go to the airport at like four in the morning. And uh, yeah, that was a lot. I actually had to talk myself down in the mirror and be like, you're going to Las Vegas and one of your favorite people is Hunter S. Thompson and you can't handle this, this problem you're having, you fucking pussy. So that made me feel better, weirdly. And Alexis made me feel better. And then I took part of a Xanax that I'd saved for the flight. And that plus Xanax felt great. That was then, because then I, my little bit of caring went away. So then I was just bonkers in the airport, which is actually a blast. When it's like in the middle of the night, and like hardly anyone's really there. I was just wearing a tracksuit. Like I took everything out of my pockets and just put it in my bag. So I'm like, I don't have anything. I'm just in tennis shoes and a tracksuit, just comfy, cozy, like nothing to figure out uh, following other people around is the other thing. So I've flown solo a lot. So I used to do that for this uh, gig I had filming stuff all over the country, but um, which is weird. I got really used to flying like alone, just like I'm at the airport. Here I go. Like I'd always been going like family vacation or go with your girlfriend somewhere or whatever. And then Suddenly, I was flying everywhere. Anyhow, so I was telling all these stories to this ponytailed man that I was boring the shit out of by talking this fast to someone who is not subscribed to my podcast or my friend. So he's ta- he was taking it in stride, but I think it was a lot. Um, but he ended up recommending... I was like, and I can't cut these things in half because you know, you, then you get like a, a thing with nothing in it and then one that's still 25 milligrams. Um, and this guy was cool, though, because he was like, yeah, I totally... Um, I kind of get what you're saying, and here's here's the, here's the solution to that. I bought this liquid stuff, which is uh, somewhere else, I guess. But where he's like, if you take like a bar stu- spoon, it's like a thousand milligrams, and so if you take a bar spoon or something about like that, he's like about a dribble. That's probably about five milligrams, which is cool because if that works, that was forty dollars, and I'll probably have that until like 2024 when I'll really need it. But then I'll get another one. Um, but then he also, so he was like, that might be the thing. Did you just, you can't find Delta eight. Like people won't even sell ones that are under 25 milligrams because I guess too many people are like, this doesn't even work or whatever. But then all those kids would just eat a whole bag of them in the gas station. He actually said though, that thing I bought of liquidy pineapple drug goo. Uh, he, uh, he told me that he's like, yeah, just for fun. 
he drank a whole bottle of it once because I assume he has an employee discount and a lot of time on his hands. And he said all that did was just knock me out. So I'm like, okay. But that's good, though, because it probably airs a bit on the sleepy side then, which I'm a sleepy time weed boy. Um, yeah, so I feel like pretty good about that. Um, tell me, hey, real quick while I light this fake cigarette, uh, tell me about the time when you ate too much Delta 8 thinking it was, I think you thought it was CBD? Yep. Um, so this was the night of you were heading out to uh, Vegas. Right, ironically, it was yeah. the same evening, actually, while Bill was going to babysit our snakes. I... That, Snakey that, sit. That's how you got the suckers because, like, I bought a bunch of them. Ooh, yeah. And I was like, the, uh, what? Um, I don't think I need these. <laughs> because I had taken the gummy and it was a lot. And I was expecting, like, oh, this is kind of like the CBG stuff that you're always talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, great. I took it. And then all, all of a sudden, yep. That was a lot. That was a lot at once, and I was not at all prepared for that it. Is, that is the thing. It, it wasn't like I hit a bong, and I'm like, all right, I'm preparing myself for it. <laughs> yeah. Just like, what is happening now? Why is this this way? <laughs> I was watching you just get like this, but you were just like, just the super, like, swollen shut, like, high eyes. I'm like, whoa. Because like, wasn't that like a, yeah, it's like, wow, 50 milligrams of CBD is almost enough to do something, but it was actually real drugs. It was, it was like, it was a lot. Those suckers are a lot if you eat them, too. And that's yeah. what, I, I was a real sucker. That was a weird day because I was like, you'll be fine, Bill. And I'm like, see, Bill will be fine, though, because he's just in our comfy house with all of the movies and video games and music connected to all sorts of speakers and anything you could really want. And... You know, to amuse yourself while high. Like, it's it's a cozy place for that. Um, and then I was like, well, he'll be fine, whatever. So it's kind of funny. It's not like a big deal. And then I did it to myself and I had to get on a fucking airplane. Like, it would be like if you felt like that. And then, like, about 45 minutes later, you're like, all right, well, here we go to the airport. Like, holy shit. That happened, it happened to Alexis Bob, too. Like, Deb also ate one that was, like, like... Like, actually took a bite out of it or something. Something where you're like, yeah, this is, I'm used to this now. It's not so bad. But she's not someone that ever ate pot edibles and has never taken, you know, LSD or anything like that or mushrooms. So it was a rough ride. Like, she was actually, like, freaking out and worried. I felt bad about that. But I'm like, that's, yeah. Because, like, the only reason I didn't get that freaked out, I did get freaked out. But... The only reason that it was like okay and I wasn't like I can't go, I can't go, we have to cancel this entire thing. Like the only reason it was okay is because once I figured out what happened, I mean, I've been on more drugs before than that. Like once I was like, I thought something was like wrong. I was like, is this like a really bad panic attack or like, like a heart attack for some reason or whatever? And I was like, oh, but you know, since again, I've experienced things like seeing my dead grandmother crawl up my leg with a knife in her teeth before on hallucinogens, I'm just like, you know. Oh, that's just this. Okay. And it wasn't as crazy as that can be. So I was like, uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But it's got to be fucking. If you're not someone that's ever really done anything but just drink booze sometimes, and then you're like, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> I think it's one of the reasons why there's so many warnings about when you get on anti-anxiety. and They're like, Cymbalta especially, because, you know, all these things monkey with the your serotonin level and stuff. And... They're like, oh, these side effects can be, like, really, really bad. And I'm like, I, I realize that 
oh, I feel kind of like I'm constantly going up on a mild Molly trip. Like I felt like that for like a while on starting Cymbalta. But that I can see how if you don't have anything to compare that to, like if you're just some weird, like some depressed, boring person that finally just gets on, like your beer was the only other thing, maybe cigarettes. And you're like, oh, I started on Cymbalta. It's like, you don't know what coming up on a mild Molly trip is or an extremely powerful one or what it's like to eat a quarter of mushrooms and just climb a tree in a lightning storm. Like, you, if you're just like, like just out of nowhere, that has to be terrible. So when people report all this stuff, they're like, oh my God, the side effects. And I'm like, oh yeah, they're a lot, but I know what this is. Like I'm, I've been here before. This is no big deal to me. So, um, you know, the only problem I, I ever have adjusting this stuff is it makes me really spacey. And you know, it's weird though. Switching to Zoloft also I, it's like the same stuff is kind of happening, you know, because now I'm on a new one. You have to go through that whole six weeks again or whatever. But I got all weird when I started Symbolta because I felt better. But I was like, ah, I was like, I wasn't having very many creative ideas. And I was like, but I was also kind of cool with everything. So I was like, is this what happens? Like, I'm just going to go get like a e bullshit email answering cubicle job or something. And just and I'll just be like, OK, with that, I'll have some money for nice things put in a bigger privacy fence. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I was like, I kind of just resigned myself to that fate and then it wore off and then it was great because, you know, John Wheeler without fear of consequences is best John Wheeler. <laughs> like when I'm like, I don't care if anyone thinks this is funny. I don't care if anyone likes this song. I'm going to like encourage all kinds of things for people. Like there would, if, you know, not like, I feel like before if I was at like an open mic and somebody was, um, someone was like saying a bunch of bullshit, you know, like they went up and said something like some QAnon, you know, conspiracy or whatever. And everyone's just like, you know, I probably been like, boo. Oh God, I can't believe this guy's like now. Yeah. I disagree with all that stuff. And I, I hate it a lot, but now <laughs> I would just be like, just sitting there like sneaking hits off a flask and be like, yeah, you fucking tell him, man, don't take any shit from these swine. Yeah, what about Epstein, huh? Just, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, just gas him up. Just see where he goes. Just just really encourage something bad to happen. Like, because that's fun. Because people will be like, John, do you agree with that guy? I'm like, no, I just wanted to get him so riled up that he, he immediately goes out and gets arrested. And then, yeah, the problem's solved. Like, he's just like, yeah, I took a swig at a crossing guard because they're, they're part of the whole thing, their authority. And then he'd be in jail where he belongs. Booing him at an open mic is just gonna make him go like, oh, well, yeah, you people aren't ready for the truth. But I'm like, hell yeah, brother, you give him, you give it to him, good. <laughs> We're gonna blow the whole, blow the whole lid off this operation, <laughs> and he'll just make a terrible decision, possibly involving a firearm, and that will, you know, make for less problems down the road. It might be a bigger one, <laughs> but it's just you get it out of the way, you know. It's like when you don't get chicken pox and your parents are like, oh, we better put you in the tub with the neighbor kid. You got to get the chicken pox out of the way because if you get it as an adult, you can get much sicker. You know, so if this guy like, you know, started making friends and they started agreeing with him, it's like, no, he can just go to jail where other guys will just beat him up. <laughs> We're talking about that. Like, Shut the fuck up, white boy. Because obviously this guy's fucking white. Like, no one else is up there being like, you know what else about the lizard people? Like everyone else has more sense than that. That is a man with too much time on his hand, hands and uh, who doesn't appreciate the fucking 
opioid prescription that he's been given recklessly by some doctor 10 years ago when everyone was looking the other way. And it just got to him. And he just had to go up there and yell. And thanks to my encouragement, he is in prison for the rest of his life. I'm talking like this really happened. This didn't happen. I want it to happen. It's just an example of how I'm just like, you know, it would be funny if I said this. It's like the other day when uh, you were there, the the Revolution Circus. Um, I got asked to host this event. Uh, they had musicians at it and, um, and and some that I certainly enjoyed and everything like that. But it was interesting. Like, I think it probably could have just been maybe like a show like that would have been OK. But my friend Ethereal, who's been on Rum Dumpster and was in some of my other videos, and I was talking to her, she probably will be again. She's a, she's a good actress, especially with, like, no... Like, I was just giving her the lines as we went, and she did a good job. I would just do a couple takes and be like, so, you know, she's... um, And also, she's very willing to just do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, you know, I always want to make another thing with lightsabers, maybe, like I did with SMB, because I know how to all this i've been learning all this vfx stuff i've been having a lot of fun with but maybe it's a secondary calling all right i've gotten everything i can out of that cigarette all right um but anyway yeah so we're doing this show and she goes to the people setting it up like well we we kind of need a host which they really didn't but <laughs> we need a host in between things uh, and I was happy to do it and so she's like have john wheeler do it because they were like kind of industrial bands sort of and but, you know, and that's been a thing that I've done a lot. And then also it's like, but I also do stand up. So it's like, oh, OK, this guy will, you know, be the best of both worlds. And then it was like, well, we need a co-host. And I was like, you know, the funny thing about that is, is, is um, like she kind of said like, hey, and maybe if it's not just another white dude. And I was like, don't even worry about that, because before I mean, fine, I, that what like that's. It's okay. I don't really get that bothered because if someday things change to the point where I'm everybody's favorite token white guy when they don't have those anymore, I feel like that would be a, just a great place to be. Be like, oh, that's you know, I'll just wear even uglier suits and just be like, hey, I'm a big old white man. And everybody like, look at him go. Like that would be cool. I would like that. I would love to be the diversity hire at something in some in some wacky future. That would be, you know, because then I could also. Ah, oh, man, I could just really, really crank it up to 11. Yeah, sorry, I can't just think quietly to myself about all these ideas on a podcast. Anyhow, but... That's, that's why that's why I'm here. That, yeah, yeah, keep me, keep me on it. You're doing a good job. Um, but, okay, so I... But before that even came up, uh, the only person I thought of to do it was my friend Morgan, who is... She is uh, was adopted from South Korea... And is, as you may have guessed, a female human person um, and also one of the most gross, like, inappropriate stand-up comics that probably that I've that I've really met locally. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's Carly McMenamin, but I don't she's just wouldn't have been quite there. And I also don't know her as well. But Morgan, would, you know, could roll with the punches and just like sings. Disney song parodies about anal and stuff like, she, you know, I was like, obviously, that's who I'm going to pick. And I'd never done anything like, oh, you know, we've been on the same stand up lineups and whatever, but we've never been like, oh, do this act like with her. And they were even like, you guys should probably like rehearse. We did not. And that wouldn't it wouldn't matter anyway, because whatever we would say in rehearsal, we would just end up not doing something different anyhow, because you got to kind of roll with whatever's happening. But yeah, they wanted it to be like 
be like the 70s, like, well, how did you like that, Morgan? Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, be funny. Like, do your thing. Be you, which was a mistake of them to say. So I talked to her backstage at the Hook and Ladder, which is actually a pretty cool venue here in Minneapolis. And you can see the auto zone that that umbrella guy smashed the windows out of, like, right from the window of the uh, upstairs green roomy kind of area. And that was that was fun because it's like I didn't have to move to Arlington, Texas to be like, look, that's, I, I work over by where they shot JFK. A historical, like insane, tragic moment filled with conspiracy and, and all sorts of weird shit. I've just moved in next door. Like it came to me. All I had to do was wait. So that was fun. But anyhow, uh, that's where we were. And we just were like. You know, they were like playing like interlude music. Like they so could have just had someone be like, "All right, up next, uh, we're gonna play a couple songs, and then we're gonna have blah blah blah." But they were like they had built in like five and ten minute stretches. So, <laughs> so I asked Morgan backstage, "I'm like, is there a line like at all? Like if I'm like if I say this, if I say that?" She's like, "I don't give a fuck." I'm like, "Oh, good, all right." And so immediately, like the first thing out of my mouth was how I adopted her from North Korea and I was her dad. And she's like, my dad's dead. I'm like, I know, but I, I had to take over. It just got so bad so fast. Like Alexis said that when I was saying, I was saying that I fucked Chick Kim Jong-un. I made love to him. And she was the 20 that, that he left on the nightstand. She's like, so you're a whore. I'm like, you knew I was a whore. And, but yeah, I just walked in and said something about her being from North Korea and someone who was as her parent, like, oh my God. <laughs> Because, see, when you're doing comedy, the reason that they tell you not to talk or that everyone needs to be, like, seated before it begins is because you really do have to hear the whole thing. (laughs) But since it's like a rock show where people are kind of filtering in and out and going outside to smoke, and we were just saying the worst, grossest... I think someone filmed it. I I, I really want that. But the, the fun part about it, though, is that, like, she did such a great job of both being really funny and responding to me and making me feel like we her and I we were talking about like we should like host a show together like not one of these but like actually do like a uh, like our friend Sydney stopped doing his think fast thing you know where he just uh, it's like this game show where you get a topic and you know right on stage and you have to make up stuff about it so I was like man we should just get a comedy night somewhere on a, on a Thursday you know something and steal that idea since he's not using it anymore. Yet it was one of my favorite things. And she's been on one of those shows with me like multiple times. She did it a lot too. And, uh, but we'll just like, we'll co-host it together. And that'll be the thing. We won't have to like use any like of our actual bits or anything. We'll just do, cause like everybody was like, you two, that was like, it felt like completely like rehearsed for TV. And it was all hogwash. Like it was just bullshit that we were yelling about. And it just felt so like natural that it's like, damn, that's probably like, they would come up with like a really like gross name for the show. Uh, we'll have to brainstorm about that and then just be because, you know, you can make money a little bit from like hosting a show. Like, I don't know what like Andy and Sydney get, but it's like it's kind of like if you have a deal, a regular deal with a bar, it's like being like a cover band or something. It's like not maybe that well. There's some cover bands that make like a lot of money, but it'd be like a few hundred dollars. A week. It'd be like a shift at a regular job that you don't have to take any more worth of maybe something to go have some fun, to meet people and talk shit and be like, all right, cool. And I've never had my own, like, I love making like animated things and weird shit for the Monday night comedy show. Cause it's, they're my friends and they're a thing that we go to all the time. And if I'm on it, I try to like, 
go above and beyond on the promotion because like I spent most of my life in a band, which is like pulling teeth, trying to get people, trying to like learning how to make flyers that look good and blah, 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 blah which nobody else fucking does. Um, not nobody, but in comedy, it's like, I feel kind of on my own really pushing these things. But I'm like, maybe if Morgan and I had like a really funny show that had like an actual like concept to it, and maybe we could even steal the other Sydney idea a little of like, oh, the, the think fast thing is like, maybe that's like every other week. And then it's just kind of like a comedy show. We're like, yeah, then we just kind of do that um, because it might be a lot to do that whole thing every week. You should try to get it on a like a Tuesday or Wednesday night though. Is that a little better? Tuesday, yeah. Okay. Thursday. I know you don't want to do a weekend, but Thursdays. Yeah, no, Thursdays are no good. I Dungeons and Dragon. <laughs> I thought you were gonna tell me like, because Tuesdays and Wednesdays are like the service industry's off night. So I'm like, oh yeah, maybe that you know the weird kitchen people will come. I mean, I would like to do a Wednesday. That'd be fine. No, I, I was selfishly telling you that you should do it. So that I, you really, you really had me though. <laughs> but wait, so you have Dungeons and Dragons now? Does that happen? Or is yeah. this a joke? No. Who are you playing this with? Uh, you remember Benson? No. Wait, is that his last name? Doug Benson? You no. met him? Yeah. Getting Doug I mean, with yes. high? Yes. I, well, I did. Meet so him and he plays well. Dungeons and Dragons with no, you now. No, not him. Okay. Well, what is the point of this story? Oh, right, I asked you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. so what? <laughs> you remember Mike and Miley's neighbor? Oh, uh, like, direct neighbor? Yes. That guy, yeah. Yes. Yeah, his weird roommate lady was always perving on me. A it, different one. Oh. Not direct neighbor, like, further down the block. Oh, not, oh, oh, oh. And he, yeah, yeah. God damn, I miss it over there. Yeah, it was, because it was, it was kind was, of a weird how the, neighborhood. Yeah, they were friends with everyone in the goddamn neighborhood. They were all different kinds of weirdos. Yep. None they, of them were alike in any way, shape, or form. No, like they had the little gnome guy that lived across the street. who was like a woodworking elf. He was like 90 years old and always would have uh, transsexual prostitutes living with him and stuff. And like, But his house had all these ornate, but he was just a crazy little drunk guy that would come over and he was really funny. I remember that guy's name. I can't imagine he's alive currently. Maybe. He was already pretty old, so I mean, he might have been a survivor, but but that's all gone though. That yeah, it's hard to describe to the audience. So we had these this couple friends that lived in this neighborhood in South Minneapolis, where it's just like during the summer he'd kind of be grilling something, and just like everyone in the world would just be like coming down the alley and being like it was like being in like a different time. Like it was very now because everyone was very silly and on drugs, but it was also like very like Mayberry, like you just know your neighbors so well. We don't have that here, but we also moved in during COVID. We could try to talk to some of our across-the-alley neighbors and stuff, and I think that, like, you know, maybe someday we could get there, but they also, most of the neighborhood doesn't seem to be as much, like, I think they are kind of people with kids a bit more, and in that way where they're not like Mike and Miley, where that did not slow them down from goofing off, like, at all. Uh, I think it feels just like, why are you guys, <laughs> or maybe not, maybe I just don't know them well enough. They'd be like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, we're just crushing up and snorting pills and howling at the moon and doing whatever. Oh, you guys do that? Oh, we didn't know. Well, come over for a barbecue or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the oldest is old enough to babysit now, so we Yeah, we could just start while. being, and since we're, you know, yeah, it's just a few houses down rather than we had to drive 10 minutes to go to a bar. Yeah, maybe that's possible because we have all these intersecting alleys behind the place and stuff, and it's like we're in easy proximity if we were to make friends with people. We made friends with a guy like two houses down. They have solar panels on their roof and 
they seem kind of hip. And he was helping us break up ice in the thing. What's happening here? Oh, okay. My lovely wife is like, ooh, Rose Marinara. I hope to get sponsored by, this is my favorite spaghetti it. sauce. Okay. Ugh, yes. Yeah. See? And that's all I'm good at. Well, that and useless things like podcasts and making animated video trailers for fucking poorly attended comedy shows. Yeah, I wouldn't say poorly attended. The Monday night, usually whenever you and I are doing it mysteriously, there's like a ton of people there, but it's not anybody we know. I think that is just the thing that, like, when I'm on it, no one cares, but I'm better at advertising it, so more people are like, oh, there's a thing happening today, so they just go to it. That seems to be the case, because I'll go when I'm not on and have nothing to do with it, and there'll be, like, like five people there. <laughs> like, I went up, me and David went on my, not on, but around, like, the Monday of my birthday or whatever, and it was, like, literally us and then only people that were, like, the comics that were going on. So that was fun because it was it was such a back and forth of yelling uh, the entire time. It's like Andy. It's like we almost didn't even do this, but it's John Wheeler's birthday. Like goddamn right it is, Andy. And yeah, that made for like a pretty good um, measure, though. Where I've been, I've been a few times. It's like I'm not saying that it's not sometimes big, but it's like it feels like it's actually usually kind of a holly jolly nuthouse. Where there's, like, all the tables are filled and it's, like, maybe not even everybody thinks I'm all that funny, but it doesn't matter because there's people there and there's things happening and everyone's drunk. It's not, like, a sad... That's, that's why I'm never probably going to actually be, like... I'm going to love it. Four times a week I'm going up on stage. I'm going to become a good comedian. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm already way too old if it would be, like, yeah, you got some road gigs offered. I'm like, dude, I am not living in my car at 41 all over the fuck the fuck out of that. Um, but like we've said before, it's just our karaoke. Right. It's like, I don't really want to go sing karaoke because I can record music. You know, that's fun. I could, or I could go play some songs with some of the stuff I've been doing recently. I can get that out, but it's like, but what if I just want to screw around and not take anything too seriously? And I don't want to sing karaoke at Applebee's on a, you know, at 10 at night. I want to pretend to be a comedian. <laughs> that's what I want to do. And it's fun. And I've met all these people really thrive when the stakes are low. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's like this podcast, for example, which will be available on, on Apple Podcast and all the things as a real audio podcast, which Rum Dumpster wasn't. I suppose I should, if anyone's actually watching this. Oh, am I going to be able to listen to this on Spotify? You, Yeah. Awesome. You will actually be able to do that. So, and this is a test episode, which I feel like, you know, was like pretty, what is that, my producer, how long have we been going there? Uh, we have been going for 23.6%. Okay. Sorry, 34 minutes and 37 seconds. Is that how much CPU usage this goddamn program uses? Do I have anything else? Ah, whatever. Um, yeah, I figured this should... I would say high-end 60 minutes, low-end, like 45 minutes. Half hour is not enough. So let's see. Do I have other topics to go over that I wrote down? Oh, yeah. Is the Easter Bunny Jewish? That was a thing that came up today. Because, you know, Jesus was Jewish. I don't know. Originally? I mean, well, that's all there was until he happened, right? And he was a baby for a lot of that. So he they'd be they were Jewish, right? I don't know. If if he is Jewish, he better keep hiding it because the Christians are going to crucify him. Gee, they already did that. Or you mean the, the Easter bunny. bunny? Well, yeah. That's what I is the Easter bunny is either the second coming of Jesus or whatever, but 
No, someone was talking. Okay, so here's the point of this. And it is that um, Alexis's parents were trying to have an Easter food thing. And my uh, now brother-in-law, I'm a brother-in-law. That's the, the fun part about marrying into a family of people who are all alive and stuff. But uh, whatever, like, you know, you're like, hey, there's people around and some of them are younger than me. But uh, Alexis's brother, Connor, uh, he'll be there. But his probably someday wife, I would say, Maggie, was pretty cool. But she has some church thing with her family. But apparently she's Jewish, I guess. So everyone on this text thread, some of, you know, boomer aged people were trying to figure out, like, why, <laughs> why, but they're Jew, like, da, da, da. And it didn't evolve into anybody actually answering any of the questions. It was it was just me going like, I think the Easter Bunny might be Jewish. And then Rui, her dad said no, or he's like a chocolate bunny. I think it was a he's like the Kwanzaa bunny joke that didn't really pan out all that well. I don't know. I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth. I just couldn't figure out. You said. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then dad said, I thought he was chocolate. Oh, I thought he was chocolate were his exact words, which, yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I know that, but that doesn't mean he's not Jewish. Yeah. I suppose it depends upon where you take that first bite. (laughs) Give him the old moil (laughs) chocolate foreskin chomp. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was really funny, like, at the time, but now it just seems so confusing that I'm out here yelling about the Easter Bunny being Jewish. Because the other problem with that is is I'm being really disingenuous. I know what the deal with the Easter Bunny is, which is that, you know, he was part of the symbol of the whatever the... uh, or Hey, what was the pagan holiday that Easter stole? Ostra. Ostra. And uh, all of all of these like Christian holidays were just oh yeah the spring equinox these they were just you know when Christianity was spreading they just kind of like paved over them to get them out of the way and kind of took it over but then would like keep like it's weird how many comedy premises over the years when we we clearly know this or you can like look it up on the internet and it's like really obvious or whatever and they're always like why is there eggs why are we hiding them like Jim Gaffigan was like I don't want to see any eggs when I come back. Better hide them. And then there's a bunny rabbit, and, like, bunnies don't lay eggs. And, uh, although, funny side note, when I was in third or fourth grade, we were, we were, uh, the teacher asked us, like, what all animals lay eggs? And people were like, birds, and I was like, cool kids. I was like, dinosaurs! That's always a great answer when you can give it. Whenever there's a possibility to answer dinosaurs, you took it, especially in third grade. I was totally a dinosaur kid because... They're awesome. And they still are. And again, I have, I keep serpents as pets because they're neat. Like, I like reptiles and things and alligators. And even the fact that dinosaurs turned into birds is kind of neat. Evolution is wacky. But anyhow, uh, she was like, what animals lay eggs? And everybody was, like, giving their answers. And this one kid said rabbits because, and he wasn't screwing around. He was just like, rabbits do. And then she was like, no, the rabbits don't lay eggs. Like, some people laughed, and then he got, like, argumentative and angry. And then we realized it's because of those Cadbury Easter commercials where the rabbits sit there just going, bark, 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 and he has, like, eggs next to him. And there was, like, three channels of TV. Yep. Half of the fucking winter, 
or I'm sorry, half of the year in Minnesota, you can barely leave the fucking house. So it's like, you're just exposed to this propaganda, like nonstop that it's, it's not his fault that he believed that. Like, I don't think he had crazy religious parents that come from some sect of Christianity. It's like rabbits used to lay eggs before people sinned or whatever the fuck. Like, no, he was just seeing it on TV all the time. So he knew it was true. He knew he saw the bunny with the eggs and the making the chicken noises. It was lost on him that the chicken noises were part of the joke. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, that's because, see, they don't normally lay eggs. But yet Easter and eggs are all combined. Well, it's because it's a hodgepodge of other religious things. Just like how Christmas is like, yeah, you know, that snowy day in the pines when Jesus was born. Like, and they put lights on the trees and Santa Claus. Like, Santa Claus, we got to put the, the Christ back in Christmas. And it's like, yeah, well, th these things are just completely smeared together. Actually, Christmas is like a hat trick because it's like a stolen holiday. It's like a mix of Christmas and Yule or what. Yeah. And, the you know, the pagan holiday type thing. And then, but then also like the whole, the way we view Santa Claus was like invented by Coca-Cola. So it's that Christmas is like ground zero of just the, the American, the disgusting culture that America has it is our just awful like pseudo religious consumer bullshit culture it's like like okay we took this holiday that Christianity stole and then we also like found a way to use that to like sell people Coca-Cola and make them even fatter and they're like oh look at this magical Santa wasn't fat in the actual like Saint Nicholas like this tall skinny looked like a bishop or something like, he, he'd wear red and stuff but he wasn't jolly and fat because they, they wanted you to look at that and go it would be good see how positive that fat man is so drink a gallon of coca-cola every day and if you get fat and jolly you're just like jolly old saint nick and that i think they thought that out they knew they knew how fattening yeah santa also yeah the pagan holiday of like i'm gonna eat a mushrooms being on the trees i mean i'm gonna eat those mushrooms i'm gonna eat those mushrooms real quick <laughs> but the, 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 yeah like the entire thing of christmas was like Okay, like, Jesus was born in the desert, fine. But then all the stuff we actually do comes from Yule. It comes, like, gift-giving. The whole point of that was when people people go Christmas caroling. Again, that's part of the pagan holiday. Like, none of this shit is from the... Put the Christ back in Christmas. It's like, I think that, like... I was going to make a joke where Christ was like the Grinch. I can't figure out how to make it work. How the Christ stole Christmas. Which I would name this podcast that if it was uh, closer to Christmas and not the last random thought that I had towards the end. But but so like the gift giving thing also was socialism, because here's the deal. I learned this. People would go Christmas caroling. Right. And they'd be like, so if the people caroling got like a tip, like some figgy pudding, or they'd give the carolers gifts if they had plenty. Right. And then the, if they didn't have the, uh, they didn't have much for the winter, they would not give the carolers gifts because they, they couldn't spare it. And that is how the carolers then knew, without having to embarrass anybody, that some people in the, in the neighborhood, village, tribe, I don't know, whatever, they weren't doing so hot. So the people that had more were like, oh, they would, they would kind of redistribute at night. And they'd go and they'd, they'd kind of give them, and it was like firewood. It's like, ironically, a lump of coal would have been like, great. Because you needed to burn something, and also America runs on the dying industry of coal for some bizarre reason. Uh, but regardless, you'd get I don't know foodstuffs and and fire burning materials and whatever else. 
you know, a flagon of mead, perhaps. Maybe if, you know, maybe if you really were down on your luck. But, like, that whole thing was like the, the original Yule Pagan holiday. Everything that we think about Christmas, except for Santa being a big, diabetic, fat-ass hawking Coca-Cola, comes from that. And then Jesus is just glued in there, too. Basically, Santa and Jesus have equal right to, <laughs> to be like, hey, someone kind of like, they're kind of horning in on this holiday the, the way that we celebrate it. And Easter's like that where I can't really explain the solstice stuff very well, like I can the Yule. The eggs are like rebirth. Bunny rabbits, I don't know. But it, it, it doesn't matter. Either way, it's all just this stolen hodgepodge to celebrate the resurrection of the magical man who you claim to follow and do absolutely nothing he says ever. <laughs> um, so that... That's why maybe the Easter Bunny was Jewish. No, that's why that's not funny, because I know the Easter Bunny's deal. I know it. He's a fucking dirty pagan is what he is. Like most of us here are basically de facto pagan, Satanist, mushroom cult. Something. Because everyone has to have something to believe in. So instead of being a snarky neckbeard atheist like I used to be. I never had a neckbeard, but I was like an asshole about it. And now I'm like, I'm very spiritual and it's all evil stuff that you're not going to like. And I enjoy that. I, I love being able to put that in at the, at the DMV or I don't think they ask you religion there, but you know, job applications. If I'm ever going to apply to work at a real job ever again, which God willing, I don't. But yeah, the DMV doesn't ask you like where you're going when they die. They just want to know if they can have your stuff when you die. Oh yeah, they, t they will take your organs, <laughs> which is against my religion of organ organ hoarding. No, I don't have it. They can have it. I don't care. Uh, I would actually love to be disseminated, like, um, as widely as possible. So, like, you know, use all the stuff for different things, or science and people's people's um, organs, but right. then and then burn the rest of it and, like, shoot it into space. Just so, like, bits of me go everywhere so no one can ever resurrect me, like, in, in Simon, uh, Castlevania 2. Simon's Quest, because, see, they had to put Dracula back together to finally kill him, and I assume that I'll be too powerful. Like, no one can find my ashes in space or my heart that's in somebody else. I totally thought disseminated meant something else. Yeah, that'd be reseminated, I think. Or inseminated. <laughs> Not inseminated, but, like, they take the semen out of you? Oh, yeah. Disseminated? Well, they could do that, too. Sire some fucking bastard kids while you're at it after I'm dead. That'd be great. Yeah, so it's like I have all these people that are related to me that I'll never know. Like, my heart's in some fucking drug addict, and my ashes are in deep space nine. Your seed is in some horror down the street. Yeah, like, some some people don't want kids. They just love that warm feeling on the inside, so they'll buy semen to shove in themselves. That's got to be a thing. Uh, I was trying to think about... I called it. Oh, yeah, you can have it, I guess. I was trying to think of something. If there's something funny, and maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll end on this because yeah, we're past forty five. That's good enough for a test run. But I think that um, I wanted to, something about where I write having my remains spread in like a national park, but like but they but they can't cremate me. Like they just have to like put me in like a fucking threshing machine and just like whip fingers and toes and eyeballs all over everything. They like spread them at this park that I spent the days while the children played. It's just like a guar concert. Just guts go flying. It's like he would have wanted it this way. Yeah, that'd be funny. If you ever, if you ever need ideas, like 
I can just give you horrible music career advice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait. Like. Why, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just reading from my fan fiction. Mm. I'm writing a fan fiction about your podcast. That's funny. Like, Be- while, like while, while yeah. we're on it. Yeah. I was wondering what you were doing there because I'm like, all you really need to do is uh, push the button on the other computer and yet you have your own laptop. So I think, oh, you're doing something productive yes. and creative. Productive might be the wrong word. Creative, though. I'm writing ideas down in the form of a uh, podcast or a fan fiction for the podcast. Okay. Because if you need to know anything about fan fictions, you got to get in early. Yeah. I figure there will always be someone who's be like, I was writing fan fictions for that before you even like heard of this. But if I write it while it's being filmed, no one can ever say that to me. Okay, that is a good idea, but you really should have cleared this with my lawyer first, uh, because there might be we, we might there might be troubles ahead, legal wise. That's the great thing about fan fictions. You're not actually. Area. Oh, <laughs> it is. And if you're not actually a fan of what I'm doing, I think that's a legal loophole. You'd be like, I don't, but I, th- I I, think I've heard that you sometimes enjoy my music and comedy, so I don't, and I, I believe there's actually probably a lot of footage of you saying that, along with a whole bunch of other stuff that it's probably good didn't come up in your recent DUI case, because that would have been rather incriminating, I imagine. Like, especially, like, I mean, the real stuff that you did, the stuff that I make up about you when you're not here, you know. Just all the stuff. <laughs> I was trying to think about, um, fuck, I had a, yeah, I think I'm getting to that point with the Kratom where instead of being jazzed, I'm getting a little bit more like, Ugh. so I'm starting to forget stuff, but I was, I was, oh, I remember, it was that, my, my <laughs> I, was, I went and had lunch with my dad just because we're adults, and he's like, you know, we don't really have an excuse, so we just have to make, we went and got sushi at Kona Grill, which is delicious. And a huge place. It's in, in Eden Prairie. It's like off 494. Actually, yeah, it's pretty close to where you live more. But Which I think is why we went there, because you live right by my parents. Um, but we were talking about all the things that, like, when, we went back to their my, their house for a little bit. Just dropped my dad off. And um, <clears throat> you uh, came up, like, because I'm on medication and you're finally on Ritalin. And um, my mom was like, for some reason, asking, like, why you just why this was just figured out now, like why uh, why you know like your parents or whatever when you were a kid or something like that. But but she phrased it really weird. She does this thing where she like leads you in like way too far around the outside, mom. If you're listening to this, like get to the point is what I'm saying. But she'd be like, did Bill have like he had like a normal family, right? And I'm like, where? <laughs> Like, I don't want to do this with you. Just what, what do you want? Like, like recently our relationship is just her being like, so, um, that picture, do you think that, uh, that looks a little bit, stop, tell me who you think it looks like. I don't want to play this game with you. If you would like to communicate with me, put words into a sentence that describe what it is you want to say like that. Don't make me guess. Because I think when people do that, they just think they're so goddamn right about it that it's going to blow your mind, whatever it is. Like, John's going to be like, that that does look like that one actor who, like, like, wow, that's so astute. And it always ends up being like, who? Oh, you don't even know who that is? Like, no. And who is this a picture of? Like, what the fuck are we doing? It's just some relative that I guess looks like some other guy who I don't know. Oh, there's this golfer that some uncle looks like. I'm like, okay, what is happening? 
But anyway, she was doing that with you. Like, she was like, did he have a normal, like, childhood? I'm like, I guess. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, well, his, you know, his mom and dad didn't notice that he needed to be on, like, Ritalin. It's worth it. I'm just cutting out a bunch of steps along the way. But that's what Thank it got you. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was funny at the time because I was, I was shouting and drinking beer. And, but I was like, oh, you're wondering why Bill wasn't properly medicated when he was young. Well, that's because he's my age. So, you know, when you were depressed, you were given something to cry about. <laughs> if you couldn't sit still in school, maybe getting hit would do the old trickaroo. Like, that's how it, like, she, uh, my, the way that I decided to parallel the, the process of, of getting to this, I decided to go the, oh, you opened up a can of worms route. Where I was like, oh, yeah, no, it's like, oh, you can't pay attention. Well, maybe you're just lazy. That's your problem. Yeah. You know how that always was with everybody. And she's like, oh, like, yeah. Like that. But, you know, <laughs> He's from my generation. You know, whose parents didn't notice anything because they were just on the phone in the kitchen talking hot soup. You know, the, <laughs> the real thing that happened would have been a great thing for you to bring up to her, given your relationship. Because my mom thought that I got tested and I did have ADHD okay. as a child. And uh, she thought, my kid doesn't need medication. So they threw me in special ed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they did. And that's what everybody did. Everybody was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And whatever it is, is probably not my fault. And the result of you not going to church enough or being lazy or intentionally trying to make me look bad in front of the neighbors or whatever the fuck it was. It's like, yeah, Bill finally got medicated for the same reason. Like everyone I know did right now is because we figured out that mental health is a thing about a year and a half ago. <laughs> Like partway through COVID, we're like, oh, this affects things. And it doesn't matter, but it's like, at least you, you know, people now know, like it has, it's never going to change the world. Like your job will be like, remember to take care of yourself. And uh, if you have whatever, you know, we give your mental health some space and whatever, but uh, just don't do any of that here. Here you need to fucking like, <laughs> could you take a little break from having a mental illness for eight and a half hours while you be really, really productive and wear the part of your uniform that's the most important, a smile. And, and then you can just go home and practice self-care and cry because this job is the opposite of the solution to your mental health problems. <laughs> it's like trying to put out a campfire with gas. <laughs> like, yeah, so, but that was really funny because I just... Um, I love that the special ed thing. I feel like that could be a, a good uh, team joke. And again, I don't. I don't know how me and Morgan's thing would work. If uh, uh, maybe maybe we would like we would co-host it, but then like other people could do things as a team. That would be great if our comedy scene was maybe just a little bit more like not made up of really, really sad weirdos. So people would like, but it would be like those group projects, like pick a partner, like, oh God, my one friend isn't here. It would be like if you, Morgan or Sid, like weren't at one of these things and they were like, we're doing comedy as team. And they'd be like, oh, I guess Eric Peter DeWolf's my partner. Great. Actually, that would probably end up being really funny for no reason that's super positive. But <laughs> I think, uh, whatever, the thing about like, or you could just have that one and turn that because it is a story about your life. Or I could only tell it when you're in the audience and I could 
pretend to clear talking openly about your mental issues in front of her. Is that okay that I'm talking about this, by the way, Bill? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, you know, I assume that this probably stems from some childhood things, but I've not been told about a lot of them, so I'm just going to have to make it up. But if I should happen to guess correctly on one of these jokes that I'm making up about your imaginary awful childhood that just coincides with reality... Perhaps then lean into the light a little and give your nose a little tweak like jolly old St. Nicholas, and I'll make a note of it for next time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? I think that perhaps that might be a podcast. The inaugural run of the John Wheeler podcast with my uh, producer, Bill Mirashi, uh, pushing buttons on a laptop arbitrarily. And... uh, (laughs) And this will be both on, you know, Spotify and all that, and Apple Podcasts and all that other shit, but I'll also have the video component on the Alchemical Cocktail Lounge YouTube channel, which now has about 500 playlists for every couple of bad ideas that I decide to lump together, like Dumb News, the new version of Rum Dumpster, which will be more of an edited review-type projecty thing, and all of the old shows that I've abandoned, but will just live... You know, in infamy forever. You got to have a playlist for every subscriber. Yeah, and I think we're up to like 468 ever since I got a a song played on your mom's house. Oh my god, that'll have to be the next one. <laughs>